שלום, שלום. You are listening to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. We will get to the happenings, but first I want to announce that the doomsday clock has been pushed forward. Yeah. Now we are five minutes to doom. And the exciting part of it is for the first time ever, it's not because of nuclear anything, it's because of climate change. Yeah. That was very interesting. They factored in the fact of climate and um, I can read the news article from the Associated Press, or you can just pick up yesterday's DE, and there's also an article in there. Yeah. So, it actually got it got as far as away from um, you know the doom of midnight, um, 17 minutes away, oh, wow. once, oh. and it's been creeping back. The closest it got was two minutes away in 1953, right after the successful test of the hydrogen bomb by the United States. Yeah, because then it became, you know, then we had means of pretty quickly destroying things. So although they've factored in climate change, nuclear disaster is still more crucial. Mm -hmm. So, in happenings. Happenings. That was very much a happening in my mind, so that's why I brought it up. Otherwise, Today is the resurrection of Film Fridays at the Big Muddy Independent Media Center, or Big Muddy IMC. Yes. Free Film Fridays. You got it. I said it. I've been practicing. That's why they took it off of, you know, put <laughs> yeah. it on hiatus to give me time to practice being able to say it. Yes. Current Carbondale resident Tiger Moon will screen a documentary and show 10 contemporary film shorts produced by and starring Native Americans beginning at 7 p.m. today, Friday, January 19th at the Big Muddy IMC at 214 Washington Street in Carbondale. Moon Park Choctaw is a musician, poet, screenwriter, film student who has lived in Carbondale for many years. She has long been an impassioned advocate for Native American and Indigenous people and is founder of the Resurrection of Indigenous Beliefs Exhibits Expeditions Foundation or Tribe, Tribe, a grassroots organization who uses media and other means to draw attention to the plight of Native and Indigenous peoples and to change mainstream perceptions about them. Moon began Tribe in 2004 to raise awareness about the many challenges faced by Native Americans and other Indigenous youth in the Americas who live and labor in the United States and Southern Illinois. For example, reservations have the highest suicide rate in the nation, 12 times the national average of all other ethnic groups combined. By age 12, many Native Americans are addicted to alcohol, and by age 16, a 50% dropout rate has been recorded. The documentary and following shorts are the outcome of a collaborative effort of 25 Native Americans from across the United States who were chosen to attend a special workshop program organized by the Institute of American Indian Arts, the only Native American art school in the country, which is located in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So again, today's Film Friday, and that is free, donations accepted, okay? um, 
There will be a documentary and 10 contemporary film shorts produced by and starring Native Americans at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington Street. Yep, sounds exciting. And More than exciting. It sounds very, very interesting. Yes. I mean, Groundbreaking. how often do you get to see um, anything produced by Native Americans? Yeah. I mean, Native Americans are a very small minority in the United States and don't get the chance to do a lot of what we would call conventional media. Yeah. So here is a chance to see um, some film shorts. So. Yeah, and for more information on that, you can go to bigmuddyimc.org and also, oh, I forget if it's a .org or .com, tribesforone.org or possibly .com. I think it's .org. But I think it's .org. But tribe for one. With one spelled out, O-N-E. So, so let's see. In other happenings. In other happenings, the Carbondale Reads Initiative. In an effort to promote literacy and reading programs while bringing people together from all backgrounds, Carbondale Mayor Brad Cole announced last week the Carbondale Reads Building Community One Book at a Time program. The program is modeled after successful efforts by the Library of Congress and communities across the nation to restore reading to the center of American culture. Quote, everyone is encouraged to participate, said Mayor Brad Cole, particularly adults who may not read as much as they could or who would like to engage in something that would stimulate discussion and conversation at work and socially. Well, I mean, the books are very interesting. Yeah, the books were the, one of the main things that caught my eye. I mean, I love reading. Everybody should read more, but... What are the books, sir? Um, each month will feature a specific book. March is Fahrenheit 451. April, Brave New World. May, Animal Farm. And then the fall books will be, the fall screening schedule will be released later. Um, Sounds like books for independent thinkers. Yeah, I mean, well, these are, first of all, most of these books are a little hard to read mm -hmm. because they are so intense. Yeah. So it does help to read them with somebody. Or um, it does help to be able to discuss them with somebody. Yeah. So you can catch a lot of the very detailed nuances that are in the books. Yeah, and they will have book discussions throughout the program at the Carbondale Public Library. For more information, contact the Carbondale Public Library at 618-457-0354. That's pretty exciting. Ooh, it says... Everyone who completes the whole thing gets a special certificate from the mayor and a t-shirt. Yes, a t-shirt acknowledging their involvement. I can't wait to see what the t-shirt is. I wanted to say, reading is sexy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But not for me to wear, you know, but, you know, someone who's... Yeah, they could, uh, even if it doesn't, you could customize it. It'll have, you know, the, the official logo and then underneath it, magic mark that you can write, reading is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to mean... Remember, I have a shirt that's something like that. That was one of my favorite shirts. Um, reading jogs the mind, <laughs> and it, you know it shows a guy like lounging on the couch, big old fat belly, you know. <laughs> so, um, in other happenings, the annual neighborhood alliance meeting will be held tomorrow, Saturday, January twentieth, at the First Presbyterian Church, three hundred and ten South University, Carbonell. This is the third annual Alliance meeting organized by the Carbondale Housing and Neighborhood Action Group, a branch of Carbondale Study Circles. This year's meeting will begin at 9.30 a.m. 
tomorrow, January 20th, with refreshments. Some of the topics featured at this year's meetings are neighborhood reports on current neighborhood issues, information on community involvement on revising the city's comprehension plan, crime prevention through environmental design, historic preservation in Carbondale, a report from the Southern Illinois Community Foundation on regional land issues, discussion of the need for a representative structure for the Lions, Mediacom update, and community emergency response teams. A chilly lunch will follow the morning events, which are open to the public. Again, this is the Neighborhood Alliance meeting tomorrow, starting at 9.30 at the First Presbyterian Church at 310 South University yes. in Carbondale. In Carbondale. So you can find out who are the people in your neighborhood. You almost didn't sing that. I almost, yeah. <laughs> So let's see. Then other really happenings, we have at least one more. The Shawnee Audubon on uh, January 22nd. That is coming. Let's see how that is coming Monday. <laughs> the Shawnee Audubon Society is having a meeting at 7 p.m. and at the Carbondale Township Hall. And this isn't just any old meeting. It also has Jim Young, excuse me, Jim Young, author of the Waterman and Hill Traveler's Companion Almanac is featured as their guest speaker. Uh, I've heard him speak before and I've seen the almanac and it's uh, it's so chock full of information. The almanac, but so is he. Yeah, so is he. Like the, He has all of this information and the, and the almanac only has so many pages and he fits in as much as he can. <laughs> so Jim will talk about this regional almanac. It charts the timing of natural events in the Midwest, specifically Southern Illinois, Southeast Missouri, and Western Kentucky. It will help you to know when and where to visit the woods to find your favorite mushroom, wildflower, bird, or butterfly, among many other organisms. It's a guide for lost treasures, ghosts, wildlife, and area geology, ecology, and natural history. And it also contains uh, black and white illustrations by local artists. And for, let's see, for more information on the almanac, you can go to www naturealmanac.com and that's once again coming up on this coming Monday at 7 p.m. at the Carbonale Township Hall which I always forget the address but it's right across from the uh, bank of Carbondale on uh, 13. All right we'll be right back after a little music this music is the sound of the sun sped up it's 30 days of the sun sped up mm. So, sunshine. <laughs> so seriously, don't be freaked out because the sun is creepy. <laughs> Yeah, the electronic part. But the, the other sound is literally the wah. The the sound puts the sun puts out electronic noise every day. Yeah. And you know it varies every day, and so they just got 30 days of the recording of the sun, and sped it up, and it changes sound. 
So literally 30 days synopsized into like 10 seconds they go. Wah, wah, wah. So the song is singing to us, trying to bring joy to our lives. All right, now the news. A clean energy Robin Hood. For years, the Bush administration has been aiding oil companies and taking from the poor and everyone else and keeping for themselves the richest of the rich. Oil companies had record profit, profits the past years. ExxonMobil made more profits in 2005 than any other compa company in history. 36.1 billion with a B in one year, close to 50 million of which went directly to the company's CEO. Meanwhile, the American public paid the price at the pump. One would have hoped that the American, that the American government would intervene on the behalf of the little guy to smooth out the disparity. But when the Bush administration picked up their bow and arrow, sadly, it was to defend the bad guys. ExxonMobil alone spent $66.8 million lobbying Congress since 1998, and by golly, did they get a return on their investment. The 2005 energy bill that passed the Republican-led Congress included at least $4 billion in subsidies and tax breaks for the oil industry. Fortunately, in the 2006 midterm elections, the American people sounded the bugle and voted for change. Today, as part of the Democrats' first 100 hours agenda, the new Congress voted to repeal those multi-billion dollar handouts to America's richest and gave the money instead to fund renewable resources. They took the first step to break Americans' addiction to oil. Call it a Robin Hood story of clean energy? Now it's up to us to make sure that this band of merry congressmen continues on the noble path of a clean and safe energy future for all. Straight to the source from the Sierra Club's blog. Yes. And actually the renewables reminds me, a happening that I didn't remember to mention is the uh, Who Killed the Electric Cut, which is showing not this Friday, but next Friday at the IMC. We've been waiting waiting many moons for uh, for an electric car. <laughs> yes, for an electric car. And for the showing of this film, which may help motivate us and learn about the issues. And here we actually miss the different happening. Yes. WSAU TV and, and WSAU Radio, the public broadcasting stations of Southern Illinois University at Carbondale, invite the public to attend a reception for the launch of the local museum exhibit titled Excellence is Colorblind. Facing History and Ourselves in Southern Illinois. The reception will be held on Saturday, January 20th, tomorrow, from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Carbondale American Museum of Southern Illinois, located in the University Mall in Carbondale. Refreshments will be served, admission to the reception, and the museum exhibit is free. The exhibit will continue through February. And in other news, uh, this goes back to some of the renewables that we were just talking about. Federal solar tax credits extended. The outgoing U.S. Senate approved the Tax Relief and Health Care Act of 2006 in mid-December. President Bush signed the bill on December 20th and said it will help to expand and diversify energy supplies. The bill contains a one-year extension of both the residential and commercial solar investment tax credits, extending them through 2008. The goal of the energy portion of the bill is to encourage the development of new sources of energy. The bill will extend tax credits for investments in renewable electricity sources, including wind, solar, biomass, and geothermal energy. 
And there's more information on that uh, at www.seia.org. And the residential tax credits are basically $2,000. Um, you don't actually get money, but you can essentially not have to pay $2,000 in taxes. Yeah. Uh, up to over five years. So oh, okay. if you put solar in, and then over five years, you don't have to pay. Now on... Um, that helps to know it's spread out over five years, too. And then on the commercial side, it's 20-year equipment, but they can write it off in five years. Mm -hmm. So um, otherwise, also, they give a very substantial tax credit for installing wind generators um, on commercial scale. So. So Is this what the kids call progress? A slew of new climate legislation heads to Congress. What a difference an election makes. After years of see no evil, hear no evil, be really evil, Congress is abuzz with forward movement on climate change. No less than four bills on climate took po look posed to go before the Senate, with big names like Senator McCain, Obama, Boxer, and Feinstein jostling for attention. Just recently, Feinstein and Senator Tom Carper, Democrat of Delaware, joined with six electric executive industries, industry execs, introduced separate bills that would cap emissions from electric plants. Over in the House, Speaker Pelosi has given Representative John Dingell, Democrat of Michigan, a noogie. Newbie, that's what it says, announcing the formation of a select committee on climate change that would, among other things, steal the spotlight from the foot-dragging Dingle's House Energy Committee. David Roberts susses out what's offering what and what's going on one in the newly elected Congress. So, it looks like they're starting to do stuff, but we have to make sure and stay on their case that they are doing stuff. Because, um, I don't know, talk is cheap. Yes, talk is cheap, but action may save the world. <laughs> so let's see. In other news, well, this is actually getting to more talk. Uh, got the urge for knowing. Scientists and evangelical leaders form a new climate alliance. So, a minister, a scientist, and a horse walk into a bar. The bartender says, why the long face? The horse just chuckles. But the other two begin a thoughtful discussion about how humans are destroying the planet. <laughs> Does that sound far-fetched? Well, not after yesterday, when a group of 28 scientists and evangelical leaders unveiled a new alliance to battle climate change. The partnership, which includes NASA's James Hansen, biologist E.O. Wilson, and prominent evangelical leaders, Reverend Rick Sizek, and and Reverend Joel Hunter. The line seeks to shift the values, lifestyles, and policies of the U.S. It has sent an urgent call to action to President Bush and other politicians and will prepare a pastor's toolkit, all while putting fundamental disagreements aside. Quote, whether God created the earth in a millisecond or whether it evolved over billions of years, the issue we agree on is that it needs to be cared for today, says Simon. Quote, we will not allow the creation to be destroyed by human folly. And we'll drink to that. Straight to the source, Washington Post, Associated Press, 17th of January, 2007. I am woman, hear me saw. 
U.S. Forest Service gets first female chief, Trees Cower. Filed this under the More Things Change. On Friday, the 101-year-old U.S. Forest Service, they didn't have a 100-year party, though. Oh, you know what, didn't? Well, maybe they did, but I didn't hear about it. No. I mean, not a bit of big party. <laughs> the Forest Service did not have a party. They, they didn't want to call attention to themselves. But 100 yeah. years, wow. I wasn't invited. The 100-year... 101-year-old U.S. Forest Service named its first ever female chief. Hooray, hurrah! Alas, Gail Kimball is a pro-industry engineer who helped create President Bush's controversial Healthy Forest Plan and whose appointment has put conservationists on alert. Quote, she is a strong proponent of turning the clock back to the good old days where exploiting and extracting natural resources is I'm not going to say it in French. <laughs> Why would they say that as a quote in French? So, anyway, Andy Stahl, said Andy Stahl, who heads Forest Service Employees for Environmental Ethics. Wow, they have to have a group? Forest Service Employees for Environmental Ethics. Fellow Greens echoed his concerns, but supporters praised Kimball's, quote, wealth of knowledge and willingness to hear all sides. The New England native, now a U.S. Forest Service Regional Director in Northern Idaho, Montana, and North Dakota, said she was, quote, honored, humbled, and excited, and not just a little bit frightened to take the helm, quote, end quote. A position that puts her in charge of 155 national forests, 30,000 employees, and nearly a $5 billion budget. Hmm. She'll have to work to hear that roar. Straight to the source, Jackson Hole Star Tribune, the Seattle Times, the Bismarck Tribune, Associated Press, all the 13th of January, 2005. Yeah. Now, I've got to get to this one, because it's another case of cooperation. Uh, embrace me, you irreplaceable you. Unions, conservationists, join forces, protect sporting rights. Need more proof that green is gaining steam? Voila, a brand new partnership between a Republican-leaning conservation group and 20 labor unions that represents nearly 5 million people. Worried that hunters and anglers are being barred from prime playgrounds, the Union Sportsmen's Alliance will push for increased federal conservation funding and access to public lands. Quote, we can make the union movement and environmentalism compatible, says International Association of Machinists, President Tom Buffenbarger. Beyond that, says Jim Range, board chair of the Alliance Building Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, quote, it opens up a tremendous amount of territory for us to work on both sides of the aisle. In a divided country, says Phil Brick, environmental politics professor at Washington State's Whitman College, quote, these kinds of alliances are the only way that anything is going to get done over the next 20, 10 to 20 years in American politics. The annual views are $25, but the actual progress is present. <coughs> Straight to the source, the Washington Post, 16th of January, 2007. Our item of the week, NEC Solar Power Pack for Monitors. Coming soon to everyone's desk, the Solar Power Monitor. NEC has teamed up with Canadians Karm Mahan Technologies to offer a solar-powered system for its entire line of monitors. Plus, with the batteries having a life expectancy of over 20 years, 
depending on the number of cycle times in a panel life of 50 or more years, the investment in return is considerable, said NEC. According to more detailed specs we found, the batteries have a capacity of 100 amp hours, which would run my notebook laptop for 29 hours on a full charge without any sign. So, this will run more than just monitors. Heck, it could possibly run my espresso machine. So, so solar powered monitors. And I, I mean, this winter has been actually pretty good. Normally, I run out of power in December or January because of lack of sun. Yeah. And so far on my home system, you know, I live off grid. I have not run out of power. Yeah. What's the um, sunny Which, I don't know. This. It's cool. I'm not running out of power, but at the same time, extremely scary. For the first time in 10 years, the weather patterns are completely different. Yeah. So I would be more excited that I'm having enough of solar-powered electricity if I didn't think it was caused by climate change. Climate change. <laughs> so, speaking of which, it's cold, but it's sunny out. So go out and enjoy it. Yes, enjoy the sunshine. Let the sun shine in. Have fun out there. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the multinational corporations and to the profit for which they stand, one interlocking directors under no government, indivisible, with monopoly and cheap labor for all. <laughs>